This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Uh, our guest today is Stefan Stetner, a partner and associate director of the Boston Consulting Group. And we're going to be speaking with him today about how blockchain will transform supply chain management and what are some of the myths and realities uh, on this issue. Uh, Stefan, thank you so much for joining us today on Knowledge at Wharton. No problem. It's a pleasure from my side. Thank you. Uh, so to begin with, uh, uh, could we start just with some basic definitions, how would you define supply chain management, uh, supply chain management, and blockchain? Yeah, no, I think that that's a very good initial question because supply chain management really isn't 100% well defined across industries and also across our clients. So how I like to put it is actually we are talking about the end-to-end synchronization of entire value chains. And now there are new, two new words in it, which is end-to-end and synchronization. And I think both are really important. End-to-end really means we need to think through supply chains from the end customer. So, for example, consumer goods companies really want to understand what is happening at the point of sale, so really downstream into the end market, end consumer market, and then upstream into a multi-tier supplier network. So we are essentially talking about supply network, quite complex and end-to-end, not restricting ourselves to one company. And then the second one is uh, synchronization means in in the volatile world that we obviously all live in, it's essential that supply chains react to changes in the market. So therefore, we want to be synchronized with the market. And that we have to do on several levels. There needs to be strategic synchronization, which is talking about where do we produce, where do we have our uh, warehouses, what about our transport network, um, Some, how do we produce, make or buy decisions. So those strategic questions are part of supply chain management. And then we are talking about midterm alignment, midterm synchronization between demand and supply, sometimes referred to as integrated business planning, which uh, really accounts for uh, being ready to serve the market in the midterm, and then all the short-term synchronization, responding to orders, uh, short-term production scheduling, short-term shipments, and all that. So strategic, midterm, so tactical and operational alignment, and that end-to-end. So with this answer, um, you see, it's quite a comprehensive uh, topic we are talking about, I guess, today. Absolutely. And and how about blockchain? Uh, how, how would you define that? Now, I mean, blockchain now is, is really a different animal. It's essentially, and I think everybody maybe knows or has read about blockchain now, it's not, not a really new concept. Um, it's a technology that enables um, users to store data in a decentralized way. And I think the, the term decentralized is maybe the most important one. So not relying on a single database, for example, but... Uh, using distributed ledgers, distributed storage opportunities, let's say, and then storing the famous blocks into those uh, nodes into the network. And the advantage is that information is available multiple times in the network, which means that it cannot easily be changed again. So it's immutable, it's trustworthy, and um, can be used by many parties. And um, that is what blockchain is about. There's one other famous concept, uh, which is so-called smart contracts, where I think um, 
this is where another bus comes into the play because smart contracts, I think, are by ni neither smart nor contracts. <laughs> so it's executing some things automatically in the blockchain, which is a good concept. Um, it's not particularly intelligent, I would say, and it's also not a legal uh, contract, but that, um, I think, points in the direction that people want to do something with blockchains and then automation through smart contracts, for example, is one one thing that you can do with blockchains. No, th th so thank you for clarifying that because uh, I think at least based on the way in which blockchain came into prominence, a lot of people tended to um, equate it with the, uh, understand it as the technology that under, underlay bitcoins and cryptocurrencies. Yes. But obviously... Yes. Uh, your definition uh, uh, and, and what we're going to talk about today uh, shows that it, it, the applications may be much broader than just uh, uh, in, 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 in uh, virtual digital currencies. So, so could we talk perhaps a little bit about your own background and how you got interested in supply chain management and, and how blockchains can play a role in transforming them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my, my supply chain history is relatively long. Um, I would even argue 25 years uh, long because I already did my PhD in something that is now called supply chain management. I think 25 years ago we didn't call it uh, supply chain management, but um, that was already quite uh, analytical, quite quantitative, what we now would call digital supply chain management with a lot of algorithmic work and all that. And then I understood that uh, supply chain management really is the most cross-functional function, I think, in, in industry or in, so in, in our economy, let's say, and that I genuinely find extremely interesting uh, trying to align what I just explained at the beginning, trying to align all the functions starting from sales into logistics, manufacturing, procurement, and then upstream to the suppliers. That is really a nice challenge. And there's a lot of analytics and, again, what we call digital today involved into this one. So I, I did my PhD. I worked in consultancy for some years, and then I moved over to, to the new economy, ran some businesses um, in retail and wholesale at that time. Yeah, and ultimately, now for the last seven years, came back to uh, BCG, uh, exclusively focusing on digital supply chain transformations. And then, not surprisingly, uh, relatively early blockchain came up as a concept, and I think it was mandatory for us and for BCTE and for me personally also to understand what is this technology now all about, um, why, why should blockchain play a role in supply chain management, and then we investigated into this one and also partnered with, with some institutions to understand this better. So, Stefan, based on your, your, your extensive background in supply chain management and the fact that you began to study uh, what implications blockchain would have. Uh, what are some of the biggest myths that you found that surround this question of the impact of block blockchain on supply chain management? And how would you separate those myths from the facts? I do think sometimes I have the perception that um, people or institutions or companies seem to think that there is no alternative technology for some purposes in the supply chain. So it, it feels to me sometimes that blockchain was a solution, and then the assumption was that it is good for basically everything in supply chain management, which I think is, is not at all true, because there are, especially in supply chain management, so many technologies around. So how we try to demystify the thing is um, 
I mean, also being BCG a little bit, we came up with a two-by-two classification matrix, um, which we also challenged and developed with the MIT Media Lab uh, colleagues when we worked on this topic very intensively. And I do think that is helpful thinking around two dimensions. The first one is what we call value of automation. So in a in an environment, in a supply chain environment, how much additional value can I get out of automating uh, relationships between parties in the supply chain? And I can explain better what I mean by that. But let me explain the second dimension, which we call value of trust. And then only if both are applicable to a large extent, we would say uh, this is where sweet spot applications for supply chain are. And now talking to the myth, um, especially in earlier days of, of uh, blockchain, there was the, let's say, the, the notion that blockchain can help connecting parties in the supply chain. That is in general true. However, if we only want to connect parties that anyway need, uh, know each other, there are many competing technologies like um, normal EDI connections between companies or what many call a supply chain control tower, which is also connecting end-to-end -end supply chains. And then the question is, why should blockchain be a, a promising competing technology here? And um, so we also call this quadrant the control tower application quadrant, because um, there must be very good reasons to look for blockchain applications to achieve what competing technologies can achieve. And therefore, um, I think that is, that's the main obligation separating the myth from the truth um, to, to, ask, to honestly ask the question, are we talking about a use case or an application area where blockchain really is a unique opportunity and has uh, big advantages over traditional technologies? I think that, that's maybe the main obligation. That, that, that's really fascinating because, uh, you know, I, and I think it would be very helpful to our listeners if you could explain with an industry example uh, uh, how, how the impact of blockchain on supply chain uh, management actually works. Uh, if we were to take a manufacturing uh, example, uh, for instance, in the auto industry, uh, could, could you explain how the supply chain could be transformed because of blockchain? I think you, you picked a very interesting uh, industry because it's, we actually started the discussion around our metrics on automotive supply chain. And I think automotive might even be an example where um, blockchain is probably not the first candidate technolo or technology candidate to, uh, to drive transformations. Why is that? Because automotive suppliers at the moment work very closely with their so, or, sorry, automotive, um, so OEMs, automotive producers, are working with their suppliers in a very close collaboration. They are uh, co-engineering. They have um, very close relationships. So the question comes up, why should they use blockchain uh, as a technology to connect to partners, which they anyway know? Huh? So, And therefore, the additional value of trust is relatively limited because anyway, they tend to trust each other because they have a well-established uh, connection. And therefore, at the moment with the traditional auto industry, the, the blockchain, I would say, will not transform the industry talk, talking about combustion engines. Now, it becomes interesting when we are moving to electrical um, cars where the whole 
supplier landscape is revolutionized. So the, the suppliers for electrical cars are one, or maybe not 100% different, but substantially different from the current supplier landscape. And therefore, many new connections have to be established. And now I could imagine, without saying that this is already massively happening, but I, I can imagine that blockchain plays a role because there are now players in the game who have different capabilities, who are maybe not as well known to the automotive OEMs. And then the additional value of trust that can be um, established by using blockchain as an exchange protocol that can come up and will maybe drive upstream supply chain towards auto OEMs. But I think that the more, let's say, traditional blockchain applications are not seen in automotive. They are maybe more seen in, in logistics. So the very famous trade lens application with Maersk and IBM where sort of global value streams are put into blockchains in order to ease, ease the way how trade is executed, as an example. Yeah, no, that, that's, that, that's great. What, what if we were to take a different industry, uh, say retail? Mm -hmm. uh, how, how do you think retailers can deploy blockchain technology to make their supply chains more agile and profitable? Yeah, so indeed, there are um, retail examples. And so I don't want to be the overcritical person here in, in our talk, but also in retail, sometimes I have the impression that the blockchain applications, like when Walmart is uh, reporting blockchain pilots or blockchain rollouts, um, I'm, I still have doubts whether this is revolutionizing the way of working because what, what they use it for is for food traceability, for example, and ultimately giving the consumer more confidence that the, the food is coming from, let's say, from healthy origins or that, that is, can be trusted. Now, is that something which will be adopted by the, the normal user over all the, of the other certifications? Will somebody really take his iPhone, scan a QR code, go into a blockchain application and try to understand where the tomato is coming from? Mm -hmm. I'm personally not 100% convinced. However, that is, that, is, um, that is taking place. I do think um, where it becomes really relevant and has the potential to revolutionize uh, industries is then more in healthcare or, or pharma industries where uh, authority obligations or FDA uh, requirements are becoming stronger and stronger and where are obligations to, for example, be able to track every single unit of a sales and we are talking about millions and millions of units and having unique identifiers on every single package um, to be able to trace back into, for example, active pharma ingredients and so to really make sure where does this stuff come from, and when it when it really is mission critical because we are we are talking we're not talking about a tomato we are talking talking about a life critical drug, and um, and then I think in industries like this, and again talking about the value of trust I mean there is a high value of trust because we want to trust the pharmacy, the critical pharmacy uh, ingredients um, because your life depends on it huh? so therefore I think life science pharma industry is maybe one of the industries that can and will be impacted most. No, that's, that's an excellent point. So thank you. Thank you for uh, clarifying that. Uh, uh, continuing on the, uh, on, 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 the, on the trying to understand the impact on supply chains, which aspects of supply chain management, you know, procurement, you already mentioned logistics, 
do you think will be transformed the most because of supply chain, uh, because of blockchain-based solutions, and why? Yeah, since since blockchain is per nature um, very applicable in decentralized networks, and it is, a, or let's maybe start uh, differently, it's a network play, huh? and therefore, from my point of view. It's quite natural that we will see the biggest impact in situations where we are talking about a dispersed network and where many parties are involved. And that means it will not have any impact when we are talking about one factory. Let's let's not say any impact, but maybe less impact. I'm deeply convinced that it will have most impact when we are talking about complex uh, complex environments. So. And therefore, answering your question, do I believe that it will be particularly relevant only upstream, let's say on the supplier side, or only in logistics? And there my answer is no, I don't think so. I, I think the relevance will come up when we are talking about the network and connecting multiple parties uh, in, in a complex uh, supply network. Maybe coming back to the pharma example, Ultimately, in pharma, we are not talking about individual producers. We are talking about complex change chains going down into distribution, going down from distribution into retail, and then going down into the consumer. So that's complex networks. And that, I think, is the there we will see the impact. So I think particularly for blockchain, there's not one single spot in the supply chain where we should look for impact. It's really more managing the complex networks that are present or potentially will evolve powered by blockchain capabilities. The next question is uh, that I wanted to ask is, as you talk to a number of companies uh, uh, about their supply chains and the impact of blockchain on them, uh, what are some of the main barriers that you or challenges that you have found that companies face in trying to implement this technology and uh, and 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 how can they be overcome? Yeah, I think that that's a good question and more or less the consequence of my last answer, let's say. When when we are confident or when we believe that blockchains will unfold their potential in complex networks, then the biggest barrier comes with it. And that is what we observe with many of our clients and I observe also in other use cases where I'm not directly involved, which is how can we roll out this technology to a broad ecosystem? So it's not enough to set up a technology platform, which becomes easier and easier because blockchain platforms are available. And I think many of the technical obstacles can be overcome uh, if time permits, let's say. So that, that, I think, is not the critical issue. It's really then more about involving the stakeholders and the more stakeholders need to be involved, and that has nothing to do with blockchain, the more difficult it becomes. So, so gain share mechanisms or who pays what, who has which advantage, how do we share data, um, maybe even across, across competitive environments. So that, that, I would say, is the biggest obstacle in establishing blockchain. And as you, as you can hear from my answer, it has little to do with the technology, only because of the nature of the technology, because it's a network technology, then the, the number of parties that you need to involve is simply high, and that makes it difficult to scale up. Sure. Uh, can you give me, uh, or can you give our listeners any specific examples of companies that have succeeded in overcoming this challenge of trying to integrate a lot, large number of players in the network? 
And and what mm-hmm. can other companies learn from the way they went about it and from their experience? So, as a disclaimer, I don't think that that anybody would claim that they have overcome every single challenge because simply it is a challenging environment. And um, whenever I talk to people, even let's say besides the marketing talk where everybody is very happy with the with the progress, but um, then talking to the people, I think everybody still has pains to overcome. Now, I think successful settings, like, like, I mean, maybe you know, and it's publicly available, BCG has been involved in, a, in building up a diamond um, tracing uh, supply chain called Tracer as a, as a product. And the success factor here was from, an, from a setting that is a relatively consolidated industry. So we are not at, at the beginning talking about thousands or ten thousands of partners that need to be involved. Ultimately, it's several bigger players. And I think whenever there was a starting point where strong players made the beginning and designed a, a blockchain application that was open enough to be attractive even for competitive players or for other parties in the chain to participate in the blockchain solution, then it has, it has a high likelihood of success. Another example is uh, the TradeLens uh, MERSC IBM initiative where MERSC is a, is a big ocean player, and then I mean, there's always maybe some fear of other market players to, to step in because a big competitor is already uh, participating, but then when trust is built, that data will only be shared for certain purposes and so on, then I think there is an effect of scaling this up. So I think the success factor is having a credible setup with a leading player, but still designing an open enough uh, ecosystem and maybe, if you will, a fair enough ecosystem to be attractive for other ones to participate. How, how much investment is typically required to implement uh, blockchain-based solutions compared to some of the other technologies that companies might consider? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and does the investment uh, d- depend on the industry, or how, how would you how, how how are companies thinking about these issues? Yeah. So here's the same rule applies that since the technical foundation really is not the bottleneck, I would say, we see a very similar situation in blockchain applications that we see with other supply chain applications. So the analogy would be a a large supply chain control tower solution, software solution needs to be installed. And since everything is in the cloud on on the control tower side, there is a a certain license fee attached to it, but it's not... uh, double million, double digit million um, amounts, far less, of course, for for the software. Now, does um, using a software make any change? The answer is clearly no, because you really need to change very many different things within the company. Now, transferring this to blockchain, establishing something on a blockchain platform and then maybe writing some, some apps onto this, that's not the decisive cost factor. The decisive cost factor is to design the ecosystem to drive the change in the system, that, that then becomes a bigger project. And the cost for this project is not associated so much to blockchain. That can indeed be relatively cheap. The cost is associated to all the, all the brains and all the people um, that are involved in companies to make it happen, to drive the change, then also to... Um, to think through applications that are that are written, think through user interfaces and all that. 
So um, it can be a multi-million uh, project, but that is not because blockchain technology is uh, expensive. It is because it is complicated to bring something like this to life. Sure. So based on what you said, it sounds like uh, this might be mostly, uh, uh, these kinds of solutions are mostly beneficial for large companies in consolidated industries. Uh, or, or am I wrong in understanding that and this can also benefit small and medium-sized companies? I think it will evolve in this direction. At the moment, you are 100% right. That, that is my perception. Um, so there, there is, since we are still in relatively early days, let's say, and, and it needs it needs capacity, it needs capabilities to build something like this. It's indeed the bigger companies that are driving uh, the development. Now, I, I do believe that um, blockchain will be a driving technology many years down the road when if especially smaller companies can participate in established blockchain networks or even blockchain networks are much more readily available and become more a standard of the network economy, let's say, and then I think uh, smaller companies will um, will participate. But at the moment, and maybe for the time being, I, I would agree with you, it's really more the bigger companies. So how, so how should companies measure the value or the ROI of investing in blockchain technology for the supply chains? It's, it's really similar to uh, how you measure the ROI of every, uh, let's say, supply chain project, it's, um, it's dependent on what you want to achieve. Is it, um, so, I mean, in supply chain projects, you, you can drive to, you can try to drive a better service, for example, much superior customer experience, and therefore hoping for higher revenues and higher margins. Uh, that would be fantastic. So if in a diamond supply chain, we see an upside um, that clients can trust that the diamond is ethically sourced and um, that will drive higher sales. And this uh, has an impact on the ROI. Of course, you can also measure it in cost reduction whenever transactions are automated or paperwork is reduced that you, sim you simply uh, need less FTE to run a certain process. Then this is also going into the ROI. So again, also here, the, the typical measurement will not differ from, say, traditional supply chain projects. Um, and that's why it's so important to have a good use case or a good trigger for a blockchain project and to be very clear what you want to achieve with the technology. Great. And one last question, Stefan. Uh, what do you think the supply chains of the future will look like and how pervasive do you expect blockchain to be in supply chains, say, in the next three to five years? Yeah, so, I mean, at the moment, we are clearly in an ongoing wave of companies thinking through what their digital supply chain vision will be. And there is still a long way to go, I would say, for many companies um, to introduce uh, technologies like artificial intelligence. So how, how can I have a machine learning driven supply chain? There are other let's say, buzzwords of the self-driving supply chain around. And many companies are actually in their transformation process. And clearly, I, I do believe there will be a development to an what we call the bionic supply chain, which is a machine-augmented but still human-driven human supply chain. And that, that is happening. Huh? What I'm foreseeing is that the combination of many of those technologies and adding even some other technologies like 3D printing, for example, 
will lead to a much more networked economy with, um, let's say, lower scale requirements. So you don't need the mega centers, you don't need the mega factories in the long run. And you can, companies can move closer to their consumers or to their customers and then can run much smaller networked operations. And then blockchain, I, too, I genuinely believe blockchain will be the technology to help steering those more and more complex networks. And, um, and then it will um, kick in. But I'm relatively convinced that in three to five years, that will not have happened because companies still have a longer transformation journey ahead of them with, let's say, traditional digital technologies like machine learning um, and other automation opportunities, robotics, um, these kinds of things. And then only after that wave, if you want to call it a wave, I think blockchain will unfold its true potential, which I absolutely believe in. I simply don't believe it will happen in three to five years. Yeah, so how, how long do you think it'll take? Yeah, I think the, the current wave is probably still another 10 years. And, and maybe, I mean, if we happen to listen to this one in three years and then somebody says, ah, look at these guys who, who weren't looking <laughs> into the future right now. But, no, but I, I do think, yeah, I, I think there's still a lot of work to do in the next, let's, let's say, five to 10 years with what I just mentioned. And then in 10 years from now, I think um, blockchain will become a bit of a default, especially in networked, uh, smaller scale environments. Well, Stefan, thank you so much for speaking with Knowledge at Wharton. It's been such a pleasure speaking with you. It was a pleasure for me. Thank you for, for asking and inviting me. Thank you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 